Climb aboard the struggle bus. You got problems just like us. Climb aboard the struggle bus. Let Kate and Sally help you. Welcome to the Struggle Bus. I'm Kate. I'm Sally. And we are here to fix your lives. That said, we're two people whose only qualifications to give you advice are that we have lots of feelings and lots of opinions. Neither of which are a substitute for professional guidance. (gasps) I always get so proud of myself when I say that correctly. Whenever we get through that, and I read it every time, I cannot memorize it. Yeah, no, no, I know. I have to keep looking at the screen. Absolutely. That's the one scripted thing. Everything else is off the cuff, you guys. We're totally just making it up as we go. Oh my gosh. So you can tweet at us, and you are tweeting at us at strugglebuspod emailing us at strugglebuspodcast at gmail.com hashtag strugglepodbuds420 to find a struggle buddy and share animal photos I have an amazing 420 story what okay so the other night Uh uh-huh it was like I I woke up early just kind of randomly and it was like 419 okay (gasps) a.m. and I was like thinking to myself what would be so funny is if I tweeted This is a four in the morning thought, mind you, so go on. Right, so I was like, I'm going to tweet the other 420 and then like trademark symbol. Just because, you know, you think of 420 as it happens in the afternoon. Yes. But does it mean any time? Is it any 420? Wake and bake. Wake and bake. That's hilarious. But no stoners waking up at 420. Wake and bake is like at 11. But so I was, so then I was thinking to myself. They're on their third episode of Family Guy at 420 in the morning. Okay. (laughs) That's so true. (laughs) Yeah. Um, No, but I was like, is this funny or do I think it's funny because it's 419 in the morning? And I was like. A little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Yeah. I was like, I think it's 80% because it's 418. Yeah. I proceeded to tweet it anyway. And I've never been prouder of a tweet. You know what? I wish I was awake to like it. Well, that's the thing. Like, it's kind of a win win because I felt satisfied and basically no one saw it. I think actually two people who were probably on their third episode of Family Guy right. favorited it. Well, yeah. I like that. Anyway. Oh, so speaking of Twitter, you can tweet at Sally T or at SPK Heller. Um, so listen, we are going to try to give you a great holiday episode for your ride, mm-hmm. your trip back to wherever you're going or for your alone time. Yeah, or when you lock yourself in the bathroom to sit in the bathtub uh, rocking back and forth fully that- clothed. Oh, see, I like to take baths. I don't oh, do it. Okay. I was like, that's me. And then I'm like, oh, no, that's not me. I was I... thinking of like the dad in Say Anything. Do you yes. remember that? When he's like <gasps> sitting was so in, the, sad. in the bathtub in his suit When crying. his credit card gets declined yeah. at the store. You guys. Yeah, he was pretty roughed up. That movie is so good. It's a good movie. Is yeah. it? Wait, I'm afraid of saying that because now I haven't watched it in me so Me too. Long. I have. And I, I remember thinking, Lloyd Dobler, you are stalking her. Right. Please stop. <laughs> uh, I love that song. But if someone did that to me, I'd be like, this is weird. Um, yeah. Other than that, it's perfect, right? Caveat, it might be great. It might also require a huge trigger warning. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that way about most movies from the 80s and 90s. It's like, that was so great. And then you you know show it to your friends and they're like, the fuck is wrong yeah, with you? what is wrong I was with like, you? Well, I was eight. I didn't really seen like five movies in my life. Yeah, I recently my girlfriend rewatched Sixteen Candles, and she was like, "Okay, wow, this is really offensive." And Doesn't he like date rape? Yeah, there's like the a lot of panties? rapey stuff. There's yeah. also a lot of like race shit going. It's like all fucked up. <gasps> yeah, we I do not rewatch it. When we were on tour, we watched Trading Places mm-hmm. because it was like available on DVD, and it was the one. No, they bought it at some store for like ninety nine cents. We're watching it was so racist, and like there was a yeah. Sexist I, and I thought Trading Places sort of had a really interesting race conversation. I, we did too. I, I didn't like. I, I it's one of my favorite movies, and I re- I rewatched it recently, and I was like, I think this is fine. There were a couple moments where I was like, mm-hmm. this probably shouldn't have ever happened, but overall, I felt like it was sort of an interest interesting commentary and also yeah funny. yeah. I guess it was just like I hadn't seen it in a while, and I was like, huh. 
All right. It's definitely from another time. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, Eddie Murphy and who? Bill? No, no. Dan, Dan Aykroyd. That's yeah. it, yes. Um, cool. So here's the thing. We are blowing through your letters. We're trying to do it weekly. We're really doing our best. Although next week we have to take off because of the holidays. Oh, fuck. Yeah. But um, we do have like some letters left. We're now in like October, November mm-hmm. territory. But do keep sending them to us. So. And the best thing would be is if you can anticipate what you're going to be going through in, in two months like, from now. Like March. <laughs> Write us about that. Yeah. Um, St. Patrick's Day is the worst. Here's what I'm worried about. Exactly. There you go. Yeah. Or even like, hey, Christmas next year. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Um, so we are still working on Struggle Bus Live. Mm-hmm. We may have a date. It might be happening. It might be happening. We'd love to see you. Um, yeah. So Sally, what, what's going on with you? What's, what are you struggling with this week? Well, uh, this is actually more of a triumph than a struggle. I'm proud of you already. I noticed that every time some a certain person was coming up in my timeline on Facebook I was like getting like agitated what were they doing um just existing (laughs) but like give me an example was it that it was like look at my perfect family or I'm voting for Trump or was it something else um behavior that I would consider like mildly attention seeking but also I think if you don't know the person, I think it probably would seem no more offensive than any other kind of attention-seeking behavior people exhibit on right. social media. But it bothered you for some reason. Yeah, be- yeah. this person and I, it, like, bad news bears. Yeah. You know, but we haven't... Is that movie problematic? Probably. <laughs> I pretend I didn't say that. Um, redacted. Um, but so, you know, it, it's someone who I've <laughs> I've sort of unfriended in real life but haven't unfriended on social media for whatever mm-hmm. reason. But I noticed that every time they came up, I was getting like either like frustrated or like righteously angry or whatever. And I was like, wait a minute, I can fucking hide this person. I don't have to unfriend them. I don't know why I haven't, but I can explore that in therapy. I have hidden so many people. No, unfriending is a big thing because you're like, what if they see that we're not friends anymore? Then they come at you. That's like a whole thing. That's, That's a true. thing. That's why I, I prefer to hide than delete because it's like, you know, they're not going to know. Yeah. But they're going to know if you made an active decision to defriend them on Facebook. That's true. And That's they true. will come at you. It's also sometimes like, you know, if people keep their profiles like sometimes you want to keep that friendship because you can if it's someone you don't want to run into if you share social circles mm-hmm. if you're still friends you can like see when they've like rsvp to something or if they're like i'm gonna go to a thing you can like know to avoid it exactly which it's is handy to know those things yeah yeah self-care so, yeah so hide the shit out of everyone yeah it's like there's like one person in my timeline now that's amazing it's amazing um so my self-care thing okay so <laughs> I knew we were going to see Star Wars uh, after Christmas, but my boyfriend's like, oh, we're going to see it um, on Sunday. Uh, my friend got tickets at 1.30. You want to come? And I was like, yeah, that sounds great. Mm-hmm. But I've been like resisting going to Star Wars, and I didn't know why, because okay. the quote-unquote first three, four to six, are mm-hmm. my childhood, and uh, the one to three, quote-unquote, you know, the older ones were terrible. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know what to expect. Mm-hmm. Plus Disney's involved now. Who knows? So I said yes, and then he's like, by the way, it's in 3D. He tells me this after the tickets, oh. and I went, uh-oh, because my eyesight's not that good. I have astigmatism. I need new glasses. I don't like 3D movies. I saw Gravity not in IMAX, but in the theaters, and I got motion sickness. It's 3D is not a thing you can say after the fact. Yes. That's and like a, just just so you know, disclaimer, this is 3D. Now it turns out, because I got angry, I was like, what the fuck did you not tell That's me that? correct. And at That's first he's like, reaction. just get over it. And I was like, stop right there. Um... It turns out his friend had bought them without telling him. So he oh. found so out. So he was also fact. a victim of this 3D little bit. Bullshit. But he loves 3D, so he thought it was like, oh, surprise, it's 3D. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, no. So I was like, it's cool. <laughs> I'm not going to. And I, 
it got to the day and I started getting really anxious, super anxious. And I arrived there, I'm on the verge of a panic attack. And I have to wear my glasses, but the glasses over glasses. And then we go up and we're in the balcony and it's like very, very um, raked, like super, what's the word? The diagonal, what's the degree? Like where it slopes slopes. up? Yes, it was super high, Uh like like, uh, stadium style. Okay. And I don't like heights. So now I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to the bathroom and have a moment. Not good. So I went to the bathroom and I was like, like about to die. And I was like, okay, we're seeing this movie talking to me talking to myself mm-hmm. uh it's gonna be fine take off the glasses if you get sick uh don't worry about the heights just enjoy the movie because at this point you got no choice mm-hmm. I mean you can leave the theater but I was like Catherine I knew it was a me thing mm-hmm. right I'm just gonna make the best out of the situation holy fucking shit the movie was great again mm. it's typical old school Star Wars like from the 80s like mm-hmm. the real ones um so yeah it's cheesy yes I'm not no spoilers don't worry about it but like they definitely are aware of the fact they weren't good with women in the past. Mm-hmm. They definitely hammered it home a little too much. Like, mm-hmm. ah, now the woman's doing a thing. And we're like, we get it. Yeah. Cheesy, <laughs> awesome, perfect. I loved it. I sobbed my eyes out. Oh, my God. And it hit me. It really reminds me of my dad. He oh. took us to see Star Wars. Oh, He's okay. the one who was a big part of our life. And that's why I was freaking out. So I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot. Why was I freaking out so much? Mm. I was like ready to make this a bad experience. There you go. And then I was like, huh. That's cool. You like reframed your Star Wars thing. Put that in the notebook. That's awesome. How was the 3D situation? It was fine because the movie's not made to be 3D in the sense that they're not like throwing popcorn in your face like those movies I dislike. There were a couple times where a, you know, a ship goes into your face. But like, that's it. Okay. It's really just a regular movie that happened to be super clear and slightly in 3D. So if you watched it without the glasses on, would it be like double A little fuzzy. Yeah. Yeah, Just a little bit. But it wasn't bad. Um, So yeah, you guys. I'm psyched to see. I think we're probably going to see it over the holidays. I'm very excited. Yeah. And and things we did to help ourselves this week. I think we talked a little bit about that already. Um, Oh, well, I was just going to talk about... um, lashing out at someone in real life yes which felt which amazing what happened oh um I don't it's it's actually someone who I really like and who's a friend but oh, and it was a Did they listen I doubt it but ju- it just in case I don't want to specify but um right. like it just feels you know like when someone does something that's completely innocent and it's just sort of how they relate mm-hmm. but it rubs you the wrong way but it's not what they're doing isn't like objectively bad. It's just a thing that bothers you or triggers you. Yes. So I, there's someone in my life who like, it's so minor and so mild, but I was, my irritation with it was building up. Mm-hmm. And um, they said something to me. I'm, I know I'm being so, so vague to, to the point that this probably doesn't even like, it's not like coherent. No, I totally understand. You follow? Yeah. Okay. Um, so this person like said something to me that was like within this like pattern of behavior. And I just was like, I, I didn't lash out angrily, but I, I pointed out that the way they were speaking to me was driving me crazy. And I I don't think it made this person feel bad. And I also don't think it made them realize I was pointing out an actual pattern. I think it came off as like it was so mild. And they were to, OK with it? Um, Yeah, it was like awkward for a second. And then the interaction was over and it's fine and it passed. But it felt so good mm-hmm. to just be like, uh, like, let me point out this thing you're doing that's like so annoying to me and maybe it doesn't annoy other people in your life but maybe it does yeah. and like you know just because it's it's like 
it's a behavior that is like a little bit kind of aggressive and a little bit hostile but Mm -hmm. totally socially acceptable I can think of a solid example when I was in high school my my best friend Sharda who is still my best friend Mm -hmm. uh, I used to say shut up all the time not Mm -hmm. in a mean way but like oh shut up oh stop it Mm -hmm. and it turns out her mother used to or somebody in her family say that to her Mm -hmm. in a mean way or said that's a bad word so it triggered her even though she didn't understand it she's like this is gonna sound real weird but can you not say that in front of me that's like a perfect example exactly yeah and I was like I'm so sorry she's like no 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 and she's like I'm not mad at you I understand that's you know semantics but if you can try not to say that in front of me and so I till this day I'm careful not to say it yeah I understand it comes off differently sorry it's fine um yeah no that's a good example but a guy on Twitter would say censorship oh god so yeah I got into a little Twitter situation this week you sure did I sure did uh basically I tweeted out something that was awesome um (laughs) and it was basically making fun of people who uh, make fun of trigger warnings but they freak out over Star Wars spoilers Mm -hmm. now I know they're not the same exact thing but it's like it may not make sense to you but like if I'm asking you nicely just give me this thing whereas like spoilers are right right and uh 223 people retweeted it. Mm-hmm. 300 something likes. One white dude had a problem. <laughs> Shocking. And Hell had surprise. to explain to me why I was incorrect, even though he totally was wrong. <clears throat> I want to say real quick about uh, the holidays because I noticed this about myself. My OCD has been like totally under control most of my life because I, you know, do behavioral therapy mm-hmm. and medications in the past. Totally kicked in recently where I was like, oh my God, I'm just feeling super anxious. I want to like touch things and count things. And that's my, that's my jam. Everyone has their own thing. And I realized, oh yeah, the holidays are coming up. So if you're feeling extra like, mm. I thought I conquered this, don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. You get a, you get a pass. Um, if you're feeling super weird about things. Yeah. Even if also, you're not religious, the holidays are a weird time. Oh my God. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Also, yeah, I mean it's like one of those things where if you feel in any way off mm-hmm. like I'm, I'm like man why have I been like so exhausted or like hungry all the time or even if it seems like it wouldn't be connected to like yeah. holiday stress like it probably is yeah and people with eating disorders the holidays are a rough time because they have to see family around food and mm-hmm. it's like if you're dealing with that kind of stuff it gets it exacerbates the problem yeah. so I'm throwing it out there that uh, we're all winners we sure and are. if you're feeling a little bit off, you know, eh, it's all right. We're going to get through this hellish time Absolutely. together. We're all going to be fine. So real quick, Shannon had uh, sent an email, I can use your name, asking about Sally's social work mm-hmm. stuff. We've already covered it, but I just want to make sure, Shannon, we heard you. hope we answered all your questions about, like, you know, where'd you go to school? Do you still do it? And stuff. I think you pretty much answered most of those. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah. Um, so first email. Um, all right. Do you want to read or shall I? Um, go, go Whatever for it. you want. You okay, go, cool. you go. <clears throat> I'm going to try to keep this as brief as possible. You know how when things get overwhelming, they're so big and everything is bad, all caps? Yeah, I'm in that space now. Very brief background. I suffer from depression and anxiety, which is pretty sky high at the moment. I had multiple eating disorders growing up. They're kind of still around, but managed mostly. Fair bit of it seemed from sexual abuse as a kid. That aside, I'm pretty rad. I graduated college. I have a full-time, well-paying job, and I have some friends. I got married. My husband is a bit of a jerk. He's a mansplainer and can be kind of controlling. I knew this was be- I knew this before I married him and I still did it. Not because I thought he would change, but because I thought I could put up with it. The thing is, I don't know if it's getting worse or I'm getting more sensitive, but it's been pretty bad recently. I'll try not to go on too much, but so you get the idea. He reminds me a lot that I don't clean up enough or properly. I'm never quite dressed right, and apparently I spend too much money, brief aside, I work, he doesn't. I have supported him full-time for the past couple of years. He's cheated on me in the past, and whilst I didn't get a gift for my birthday, he did give me an STI earlier in the year. It's the thought, right? He does love me. 
So that's something. And look, I'm not perfect. I know that. I do contribute to our problems. I have major trust and jealousy issues, and I really struggle with some things. Like if he innocently suggests things, I always take it the wrong way. So I know I have things to work on, and I have to be vigilant because of my mental health issues and eating disorders. I know how easy it is to slip back on them and how. And how addictive they and self-injury can be to avoid feelings. So I'm trying. Anyway, I know if this was me, I would be screaming from the rooftops to leave his damn ass. Uh, by the way, did we give them a name? We did not. No, um, the, they said that we can pick their name. Yeah. Um, any any thoughts? Well, I think we should keep it Star Wars themed. Yeah. Have we already done that? Uh, no, let's, we haven't done that yet. Let's go Star Wars. All right. Well, we did Princess Leia last time. Oh, so shit, that's right. Ray, Ray, Ray is that her name? I don't know. I haven't seen the new. Shoot. C-3PO? Yes, C-3PO. Okay, so <laughs> C-3PO, uh, yeah, well well put, but there's more. Okay. <clears throat> but here's the thing. For a lot of reasons, I don't feel I can. I feel responsible for him, and I cannot financially afford to leave him and feel comfortable I did the right thing by him, too. I don't know what advice I'm looking for here. I'm building a five-year plan for myself, which includes further, higher education, getting back my health and fitness, becoming financially stable. I can't really talk to anyone about this, and I don't currently have a therapist. Though I could go back to mine, I'm just nervous to. I guess I just wanted to be heard, and this was the safest place I knew. I guess I can ask this. Is this okay? To know you chose the wrong thing, but to stick to it anyway. I feel like if I left him, I would feel so much more worse from the guilt that staying seems to be the path of least angst for me. So, thanks for listening. I really appreciate your show, even though I have a lot to learn to not listen to it at, oh even though I had to learn to not listen to it at work because I had to leave my because I have to leave my desk crying I have allergies people allergies I really really appreciate how open you are about your own mental health issues and sharing your experiences with people it's a wonderful thing you do C3PO thank you C3PO that was so well written and beautiful Sally hit it um <laughs> I'm gonna say mm, you are asking if it's okay and I'm gonna say I mean I no, I mean, you definitely have to leave this guy. Um, I don't really think there are any two ways about it. Like sometimes people write in and we're like, well, here's the thing. There are two sides to it. Everything you describe sounds so emotionally abusive. Mm-hmm. But also, I got to say, like from the letter, it sounds like you're sort of like. You're you're like in it in some way you're you think you deserve it or um, it needs to happen to you or it should happen to you. And it's kind of, I mean, your partner's behavior is really disturbing, but I have to say like equally disturbing is that the way that you like talk about getting him cheating on you and you getting no gift but an STI. And I know you're being funny and stuff like that, but it's it's appalling that he's treating you this way. And I, well, a friend said to me once when I was much younger, um, I was talking about this bad relationship I was in with someone who was like just toxic and emotionally abusive and my friend was like I've been talking about it constantly and she was like um why do you think you deserve to be with this person and I was like it was it was like a watershed moment I was like oh my god and I went to this person's dorm room where all my stuff was and I got it back this is a year ago um and I ended the relationship and like I would ask you the same thing like why do you think that you deserve to be treated this way and I don't mean to sound victim blamey at all but like um, you don't need a five-year plan. I mean, that's great. You need to leave this person. Yeah. Um, I will say, let's pretend for a second that this guy's perfect and that for whatever reason, it's not working out. You can still leave him, and here's the thing, without feeling guilty. So we're going to just play a little game now. So mm-hmm. he's perfect, right, Sally? Okay. Yeah. Guess what? But it's not working out. And you're like, oh, no, but I can't leave him because he can't uh, pay rent. Well, 
I had a situation once where I lived with somebody and we were breaking up, but I felt guilty leaving him because I thought he doesn't have a job. He doesn't have a place to stay. My name is on the lease. I'm a horrible person. And my mother said, Catherine, people will make do with what they have. He will be fine. He will survive. That's what you do. Mm-hmm. And wouldn't you know it, we broke up. He got a job, found a new apartment, found a wife, has a baby. Like, he's fine right. now. So if anything, I was holding him back, and I don't mean that at all. But I was putting it on myself. Like, but if I don't do... Well, you know what? He's going to be fine. He w- You're going to be so surprised by how fine he's going to be. He's going to be, like, moving on with some person and probably moving in and getting married before you know it. And think back... Think about that if that were happening and think back to now and be like, wow, I wish I didn't worry about that so much. Mm -hmm. So first of all, C-3PO, he's going to be fine. Mm -hmm. Secondly, he is terrible, it sounds like. (laughs) Um, This is something that really got to me. Is this okay? This is reading the letter again. To know you chose the wrong thing, but to stick to it anyway. Okay, how many quote unquote mistakes have we all made in life? You do not have to keep that in your head you move on. Mm -hmm. You didn't make a mistake. You did what was right for you at the time. It's not working out. It sounds like it's really not working out. Don't feel guilty. Mm-hmm. You, This is life. It's moving on. Life is all about seeing things and trying things, having them not work, and move on. Yeah. What and if you were in a job you hated and knew you can get a better job somewhere else, would you be like, well, this is the job I chose? No, you'd be like, oh, I'm going to go apply for a new job. Yeah, and I mean, you, you couldn't have possibly, after listening to this podcast, thought that you would ask us this and we'd be like, yeah, you know what? That sounds like a really good plan. Like, stay in this toxic relationship that makes you feel terrible let us know how it goes so you know given that you you know we were gonna say and you probably on some level wanted to hear it um and I think like you know when you you said you were like I just feel like I can't leave him Mm. I thought what you were going to say next was like we're we're like practical empirical objective reasons why you couldn't leave like some people can't leave um, because there's something financial or mm-hmm. there's like they're in an isolated area and they can't physically leave or, you know, whatever. There's a lot of reasons but, people but, can't leave abusive relationships. Yeah, or are, just or just yeah. any situation. Like some people want to leave the town, the town they live in, but they can't for practical reasons. But you didn't go on to describe practical reasons. You went on to describe basically not being able to leave because you feel trapped by your own guilt, which is like a totally different thing. Yeah. You And it, it makes me feel like you know you you have a therapist you can go back to like I think it's really worth like yes the problem on the table is this relationship you're in but the bigger problem I think that's going to be like that that's sort of more probably going to be systemic in your life is why you married someone who you already knew was an asshole and stayed with him and why you feel so much guilt about letting someone who's terrible to you continue to treat you that way like that is actually the problem the marriage is like a symptom of it yeah so if I were you I would like definitely and I don't look I don't mean to make it sound like you're like exotically fucked up in some terrible way Mm -hmm. this is like stuff that we all deal with in different shades and in different ways but I I would urge you to like end the relationship and also see a therapist breakups are terrifying divorces are difficult okay so it's not easy but I promise you, your five-year plan is going to look so much better when he's already out of the picture. And five years from now, you're going to be just being awesome. But this guy's an anchor holding you down. You know yeah. what I mean? And also, again, you know, there's so many reasons to leave and not leave people if it's unsafe. It does sound like you have the financial stability. Mm-hmm. You know, the thing that might suck is you may owe him alimony, depending on your state and how many mm-hmm. years you've been married, uh, if the person who's the, the breadwinner in the relationship. 
or it might be just the right time to leave. You might want to start talking to uh, people who've been divorced or a divorce attorney. Definitely your shrink first, mm-hmm. you know, because you're going to need a lot of help to sort of like get through the rough patch. He's probably going to make you feel guilty um, or, you know, whatever. But I will say this. Ask yourself this question because I understand you get, like, you're scared of being alone. No one will ever love me. First of all, they will. People will love you even if they're your friends and whatever. But do you want to be with this person would you be happy being with this person the rest of your life or being alone for the rest of your life? Again, the latter's not going to happen, but just ask yourself that question mm-hmm. because that has gotten me through a lot of like, huh, I really don't like this person. Mm-hmm. I'd much rather be alone and single than with this person. Yeah. And again, you know, you will probably find someone else. You will definitely find someone who loves you. But even if you don't, that's not a big deal. It's much better than what you're going through right now. Yeah, I mean, this, this person... Like is not not only sounds like a terrible partner. Like he, he cheats on you. How, and how long do we have? We do we have all day? Great. But we can but, go on all day about how horrible this. It person sounds is. like he's not only a shitty partner, but also you don't even like him. It's it's yeah. it would be one thing if you were like he's a really really great guy. I love him. He's kind and affectionate and funny and excuse me and smart. But he's cheated on me. What should I do? Like right. that's an actual conflict. This you are like I don't like my partner. He's an asshole. Also he's done terrible things to me. Yeah. What should I do? And then you say, look, I'm not perfect. No one is. You know, you're being really, really hard on yourself. Mm-hmm. You need to ask yourself why. But I think uh, getting better and healing really does involve not being with this person. Yeah. And I get it. It's going to be hard. But people do it all the time. And they are very grateful they've done it. Make the first thing on your five-year plan, item number one, end my marriage right now. <laughs> <laughs> and then just go from there. And when you check off that box, let us know. No, I really hope you're doing okay, C-3PO. This was very brave to write in. It sounds like you really know what's going on. Totally. Uh, We give you permission to leave in is what we're saying. Do it. Do it. Um, We're joking. We know you don't need our permission, but we we, we co-sign You might. (laughs) And you have it. (laughs) Awesome. Do you want to read this one? Yes. Um, Okay. So we need to make up a name. Oh, yes. Um, Star Wars. Um, do you want to keep going with like a droid theme? Or we could Chewbacca? do Chewie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay, yeah. Chewbacca. Same Z's. We said at the same time. Love it. All okay. Right. So, hi, Kate and Sally. So here's my question, and I'll give you a little history about me. I'm currently single, and I've just started thinking about dating again since my last really hard breakup. I've been on my own since 2008, so I'm slowly putting the vibe out there, and it seems to be backfiring on me. This question feels stupid to me because I'm 46 years old and this seems like such a high school question. Also, I've gone back to college, hence me mentioning a professor and other students. Why is it that if I'm friendly to a guy, he thinks I'm hitting on him? I've run into this with a professor who immediately told me he is married and all I was doing was making small talk with him. With guys' students, they just stop talking or associating with me if I take a little bit of interest in what schoolwork they're doing or if I smile at them too long. It just really makes me angry and I don't know how to respond. What if I misinterpreted what I thought I experienced? Thoughts, suggestions, comments? Am I overreacting to the situation? I really don't know how to handle this anymore. You are not overreacting and I'll tell you why. I One of my biggest pet peeves about being single versus in a relationship is, and I've talked about this before, but when you're single, in my experience, I've had people at parties when I'm talking to their husband, he's like, well, I'm married. And it's like, I don't. I'm just having a conversation with you. Whereas when I have my boyfriend, I can talk to as many married men as I want for some reason. You know what I mean? It's a very weird stigma in our society mm-hmm. where they assume, oh, here's a single older lady. By the way, congratulations. You know, you sound like you're awesome. So, mm-hmm. you know, but it's tough out there, right? Um, you're not making this up. I have had this experience before and I thought I was going crazy. And it turns out I talked to other people about it. I was very much drawn to your letter because 
I had been noticing it and hadn't said anything when I was single and I realized I'm not the only one. Like noticing that if you talk to a guy they for think a little that you're too making an advance. Yes, for okay. a little too long they're like, oh in by the advance. way I'm married and it's like, okay I didn't ask. I was talking about politics, right? Um, there is a weird thing that happens sometimes. I mean, at least for me. Sally, has that happened to you ever? Or? I don't really register on like the radar of men who are <laughs> romantically interested in women. <laughs> so I, I mean, ha- even with, you know, women or anything else, I don't know. No, because I, I really think that this actually has less to do with like Chewbacca's individual experience and or your individual, individual experience and more to what you said, which is like this systemic thing in our culture about the way men and women interact Mm -hmm. and this idea that like I don't I actually am not even really sure how to like distill it in this particular situation but there's just like there's this um I guess idea that if if a man and a woman are interacting one of them must there, there has to be some element of like sexual attraction or sexual something between them they can't just be you can't just be like a woman who is in a platonic or non-romantic way interested in a man yeah I saw this at the bar too and I know a bar is a different place but like be a regular Monday night you know a couple dudes at the bar a woman comes in they talk for two seconds about school she sits with her friends the guy turns to me he's like does she like me mm-hmm. you think she liked me whereas women have never done that so, I think I don't I, know I think it has to do with that thing of like how you know culturally our our thing is sort of women existing for men to look at consume and consume and be mentally undressed by and like and just experienced and so I think this is like the other side of that coin mm-hmm. um and so instead of it they're like oh I can't consume you I'm married and you're like I wasn't asking yeah, you to, like, I'm asking you about the homework right. assignment <laughs> yeah right. totally mm-hmm. I I guess like Chewbacca if um <laughs> if you talk about this with I mean I guess like you could ask a friend who like knows you really well, you know, hey, like let me describe these situations and what I did. And and then maybe they could be like, you know, you do this weird thing where you lick your lips while you're looking someone up and down when you ask about the homework assignment. Which, by the way, if that's your jam, that's, <laughs> that's your thing, cool, that's fine. You know? Right. I'm not saying that like yeah. in, that's like consent or I know something, what you mean, yeah. but I'm just saying like if you're worried that you're actually doing something that's like creating mixed signals I guess you can like ask people who know you but it really to me I think is just like one of those like really annoying things about our culture which is that like you know women and women's bodies exist for men to like evaluate look at think about and like I was once shamed for um my friend's husband we were at Union Hall, this location where we do shows and where we're hopefully doing Struggle Bus Live. And it's an upstairs and downstairs place and there was karaoke downstairs and it was a big birthday party and I'd gone downstairs and this woman's husband, who's a super nice friend of mine, we go down together. I was like, oh, this is the karaoke room. He's like, oh, this place is so cool. His best friend comes down the stairs mm-hmm. and is like, what are you guys doing? And I was like, mm-hmm. I was showing him the karaoke God. room and we looked at each other like, what the fuck? And he looked at me like, slut. You know what I mean? Like oh, it was God. a weird, I- I'll never forget that moment. And that's when I was like, oh I'm not crazy that just happened and it does happen a lot so Chewbacca yeah here's how you handle it just know it exists and we agree with you and there's you can't make them think differently yeah I have no idea what to tell you but I don't just either. it's like it it's sucks. like it's like the same thing of like what do you say to someone who like tells you to smile or like cat calls you it's just <sighs> like a really annoying thing that or like you know I see this a lot like in restaurants and bars and stuff is like a guy 
like chatting up a server mm-hmm. and he thinks that it's like playful flirting that she's really into mm-hmm. and it's actually like completely unwelcome but it, it's like a similar dynamic in that it's like one person is it, it's like a signals that get crossed because of cultural shit mm-hmm. not because of like anything you're actually doing or intending to put out there yeah so you, you did not misinterpret this um you are not overreacting and I guess just know that it's a thing and try to move forward and recognize that it might happen or it might not. And just try to do your best in class and get through it and in life. Mm-hmm. Fuck. Yeah. God. Sorry, Chewbacca. Yeah. Sorry. We don't have it. Everything is terrible and we're really sorry. Yeah. About it. <laughs> That's our advice. No, I mean, just just know that you're right. And um, yeah. 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 All right. Should I read this one? Yeah. Go for it. Okay. We make up the name. Um, uh, okay. There's... there's our, not R. B BB8 is BB-8, the new droid. Okay, cool. Yeah, BB8. All right. <clears throat> I couldn't get the name straight in the in the movie. I was like, I don't know who's who, but I'm loving it. <laughs> who's married to? Who's whose sister? I don't know. I don't know. All right. Hi, Kate and Sally. Nearly a year ago, I met someone online. We had a lot in common and talked solely online and via phone for two months before meeting. There was an instant connection for both of us. For me, having such strong feelings for someone is extremely rare, so I was very excited to find someone who I felt comfortable with. We continued to see each other for three months, but never made anything official. For me, I just assumed he wasn't ready to commit, and I didn't want to screw up what we had been what we had by trying to get him to commit to me. After three months, he told me he had a boyfriend who he'd been dating for the last year and a half. It was an extremely painful time for me. More than betrayed, I felt incompetent for not seeing the signs before. However, I cut off all communication. Until we both run into each other at the Bonnaroo Music and Arts Festival. Goddamn Bonnaroo. Well, that's your first problem. There's there's the first mistake. (laughs) The fling was reignited and we continued to see each other for about two weeks and then he suddenly fell off the face of the earth. I assumed his boyfriend found out. I felt guilty for having let things get started again after knowing he had a boyfriend and I felt dumb for thinking I could handle the fallout that I knew was inevitable. You'd think this was the end of it, but surprise! After a month of not hearing from him and assuming the worst, we were at a local show and ran into each other. We didn't talk, but he contacted me after the show to let me know he and his boyfriend broke up and he wanted to see me as soon as possible. So for the third time in less than 12 months, I allowed myself to think the best of this person and let him back into my life. Things were wonderful for a moment, and then he started to pull back again. This constant back and forth caused me so much anxiety and my depression to spike. I eventually told him that it had become an extremely unhealthy situation for me and that I could no longer allow myself to see him. I am now one month into not speaking to him, and I am still a complete wreck. My anxiety has affected my friendships, my sleep, my job, and my overall attitude. The advice I am seeking is how I move on from someone who was clearly a cancer in my life, but my mind wants to hold on to. P.S. Your podcast has been extremely insightful and helpful. Thank you. All right, BB-8. Okay. I have a lot of opinions, but Sally. Okay. BB, two Bs? BB-8. Okay, yeah, I, BB-8. Think I could be wrong, but that's your name now. Okay. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> um, okay. So um, how do you move on from someone? The thing is, is that you just move on by letting time pass, which um, I'm sorry that that's extremely cliched and generic advice, but unfortunately, I really think that's like, that's what makes this feel better is like, time passes and you move on with your life and also you have to do self-care stuff like spend time with people who are like really good to you might people, I say friends cu- that you love cutting him off um completely yeah that was it, huge huge move number one yeah that you're was doing it yeah well done yeah, yeah exactly we didn't have to tell you to do that yeah so good job um and yeah so I think time passing and taking care of yourself and like I think also doing some um like you pointed out this thing of like 
you your your mind wants to hold on to him and I think that like a lot of us experience that thing of like wanting to be with someone even though it's actually not great for us or there's been a repeated pattern of behavior where they are being assholes Mm -hmm. um but we still can't bring ourselves to like you know not repeat the behavior the good news is like you got yourself to not repeat the behavior like you you cut it off which is awesome but I don't know I would spend some time thinking about like how the situation evolved and you know you said that like you felt incompetent for not seeing signs that he was in a relationship and I don't think you're incompetent at all but I do think that our minds hide things from us that we want to not see so I think you could definitely spend some time reflecting on all of that and how the situation got to this point but I think like in the immediate aftermath which you're in right now I think it's like you can just sort of like take care of yourself I'll never forget the time I did exactly what you did uh, BB-8 for the same exact reasons and I found myself googling how to fall out of love with someone how do I make this go faster you can't but here's the thing just know this love um, makes a, a chemical inside you excrete. Is that a word? Excrete? Sure. Um, that is much like heroin or cocaine or something super exciting. Gives you a rush. Mm-hmm. And when you've taken a drug like that, it's the come down is terrible. Your body is going through a withdrawal because the, I think it's endorphin or something. Oxytocin maybe? Oxytocin. That's it. It's the also, cuddle hormone. It's also when you pet it. a dog. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. When that's being released from you and you're being forced to withdraw from it, it's painful. That's why love hurts. Okay, so if you want a chemical explanation, that's one of it. So don't feel weird. Like, this is not uncommon. It fucking sucks though. Mm-hmm. But it will end. And Sally's right. Time is the only thing. You're doing the right thing by cutting them off. This person is never going to be okay. You know, they've already taken advantage of you, lied to you, they disappear. Um, this person is not going to work out. Mm-hmm. And you know that. You know that, but deep down you still love him. And that's okay. You can still feel those things. I promise you, just give it another month. It's going to be so much easier. Mm-hmm. But do the self-care things. You say it's affecting your work and your life. You may want to consider if you're not in therapy, seeing someone or you know, at least being able to talk about it with someone. It really helps to talk it over. Mm-hmm. You're not alone. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people have gone through this shit and it sucks. Totally. So, I find, yeah, I, when I talk to someone who's gone through it, I feel a lot better. Totally. You're going to be so amazing and strong. Mm-hmm. And don't be hard on yourself for, let quote unquote, letting yourself fall for this person again. I get it. Some people are just really fucking sexy and they get That's you. true. Some people are really sexy. But also I think that like we don't just fall for people because they're like sexy and charismatic and awesome. We fall for them because there's something about the chemistry that is like fulfilling a need and sometimes that's like it's like a great need it's like they make me feel loved they make me laugh and other times it's a need that's like when like you need to feel betrayed or you need to feel like someone isn't giving you everything you feel you deserve or you need to feel slightly ignored like those are needs that we feel in relationships that we it's like a not good pattern to be in so I think like thinking about what it I mean, I think everyone, I don't think this is like a thing that only you, BB-8, are going through. I think that what a lot of people are trying to figure out is like why they stay in things that make them feel bad and what it is about the thing that, what it is about the way you feel bad that you need. Mm -hmm. And that I think is where therapy comes in. But I do think the passage of time is a big thing. And like one day you're going to be out for a run and Kelly Clarkson since you've been gone yes. will come on oh my and God. you will start like running faster or and like singing along it. or that yeah 
and you'll be like oh my fucking god like time passed this happened I feel amazing and that that moment will definitely come yeah Kelly Clarkson will be involved oh god you guys I just have a great memory of when I left this guy and I was walking from his apartment and I was so sad I was like I'll never see him again and I can never love him but also he was a piece of shit um (laughs) I all of a sudden felt taller than I had in in weeks and months I just sort of my posture was different I knew I'd be okay but I will also say one last thing people who are in your life and out of it like peekaboo it gets very exciting when you're like oh my god they're back they're back right I I have them oh no they're gone again that's an exciting thing there's um a study that was done with mice and I know I'm gonna misquote this but um I forget what it's called intermittent um not confirmation reinforcement intermittent reinforcement and there's a mouse, and every day the mouse hits a lever, and it gets an M&M or something like that. My shrink explained this to me a long time ago. I'm definitely going to get it wrong, but there's a point. I'm into it so far. So there's one that always gets an M&M when it hits the lever. Always, right? And the mouse is a pretty well-adjusted mouse. Can still go to work, maintain relationships, <laughs> write into podcasts. Puts on his little fedora, puts <laughs> up his little briefcase. <laughs> He's a libertarian. Tightens his tie. He's a little MRA. Um, and then there's another mouse, and every time they hit the lever, sometimes they get the M&M, and sometimes they don't. And that mouse was agitated as fuck because it wanted the M&M mm-hmm. but it would get the reward and be like nom, 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 nom. Yeah. that's me eating the M&M <laughs> um, and then when it didn't get the reward it was like motherfucker <laughs> smash chairs everywhere um, turn that, over his little mouse table for, like, ah, throw his little mouse beer bottle yeah exactly and so that's sort of what's happening right now is it's it's a it's a scientific thing where like if someone's pulling away from you you're like but I want mm-hmm. you're just like furiously like pushing the lever you want those wanting M&Ms. more yeah but just know that there's a mouse next to you that's like getting it all the time on the regular that's so happy so like just think about think about that mouse be the what mouse is that be the M&M mouse yeah the, the aspire to be the subject A there you go <laughs> Oh, BB-8. Do we have time for this? What do you think? Um, I... Because th- uh, someone's got to go to work and it ain't me. Someone has to go to work and it is me. Yeah, no, yeah, I do let's, to, let's do... Let's do it. Fuck it. All right. Um, hold on. I this told, is not the holiday one. Did you want to do the holiday one? Um, Actually, maybe... Should we do Let's the do the holiday one. one. So, okay. a person we're about to get to, we'll get to you next time. But this one came about the holidays and we figure it's very inclusive for everyone who maybe... Yeah. So let's do this. Yeah, let's talk about the holidays a little bit because you may be listening to this on your way to see family yeah, yeah, or yeah. not seeing family. And this email sort of has a lot of things um, happening. Is it this one? Yes. Okay. Yes. It's my, do I read? It's my turn? Yes, I think so. Okay. Right? Yeah, I think you read the last one. I read the first. Yeah, I read first, third. This is four. Oh, my God. God. Okay. Yes. Um, so this is from... I oh, do we? Know? I forgot to see. Oh, yes, they said you can use my name, which is Kate, but they say you can also call me Narnia because I'm so in the closet. Oh, that's yes. amazing! I yes. love it. So okay. I already love you, Kate Narnia. Okay. Hey, Sally and Kate. I struggle bus so hard. I dive. I drive the damn bus. Well, I say drive, but it's more like the brake line has been cut, and I'm careening down this mountain desperately, trying to not crash. So yeah. Most of my problems are about my family. I come from an extremely conservative, as in they're all voting for Donald Trump, Christian Southern family. Say no more. Mm, Yeah, we're Um, done here. I love them all very much, and we have pretty good relationships, but I could not be more of a black sheep if I tried. Is it too soon to give advice in the middle of the letter? (laughs) There's like 19 more paragraphs, but no, it's not too soon. Cancel Christmas. Yeah. All right, go on. Um, I identify as a queer and pansexual woman. For listeners who are unfamiliar with the term pan, it's that I am attracted to people regardless of gender. I'm not attracted to pans or other (laughs) kitchenware. Jesus, people. Um, And I'm very deep in the closet. They would disown me so fast if they knew and they find non-straight people disgusting and my mother even thinks conversion therapy is a great idea. I am terrified of telling them and it is not safe for me to do so since I have no money and nowhere else to go. 
I'm also a staunch feminist and my dad and twin brother and even my mom are mansplaining assholes who love telling me that I face no discrimination and there's no such thing as rape culture and such because they're men and they know everything. Mm. I've never al- thought of that before. Huh. Yeah, that's a good mm. point. I'll consider that mm. one. I'm also disabled and I have chronic pain and postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome and severe depression and it makes it very hard to work or do anything since I pass out when I stand up. My family thinks I'm making it up. It's all in my head and I'm just lazy. When I go home, I feel like I'm under attack and I can't breathe for how much lying I have to do. They trigger my anxiety and it makes me feel like I'm drowning. Living this double life is getting quite old. How do I live with them and endure this until I go to grad school and leave the state? How do I get them to respect my differing views without trying to tell me how I'm going to hell since I think we should take Syrian refugees? actual response from my brother Mm. i don't know how to deal with them and this is really causing me anxiety and stress is there anything y'all can tell me for how to approach my family i love y'all and i love the show thank you for being the awesome beams of sunlight that you are uh kate slash narnia uh and they sent us pictures of horses so thank you so thank you narnia so the reason i chose this is because it's sort of like all uh encompassing of having a family that you have a hard time dealing with and you live with them and then you you know are stuck there and if you have a family you're going home to like this. Um, if apparently you're in college, so you're going to be out soon, right? Oh, is that what the... Okay, I couldn't figure that yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's it's so hard to say. I mean, you got to pick your battles when you have your families like this because it sounds to me like you're not going to change their mind. I am a staunch believer in using family for whatever purposes you need them to be. Like if they do make you feel good about this or financially if you need them for that. But... On the other end, please, you need to have a network of friends and people who support you and know you that you can lean on. Yeah. Um, that really helps a lot. So if you don't have that, please try to maybe find that in your community. Maybe try to find some other people. But especially being around people like this constantly. And if you are a listener going home to this, just know that it's not forever. Uh, you will not live with them for the rest of your life. And if you're worried about that, especially because you have chronic pain and all that, um, I guess try to think of a way in which you can eventually leave the house. Because to be in that house, it sounds like it's just really toxic. Mm-hmm. Sally, do you want to? I mean, I guess I would say, do you have to go home for the holidays? I mean, you're not going to get this in time probably, but I just think that, you know, something that we don't, like I think people just like don't consider because they're like, well, I have to go home. My parents will be really mad. But sometimes your self-care and your just like ability to feel okay about your life and you're not spiraling into anxiety and depression is more important than you know fulfilling some holiday obligation so Mm. one thing I would say is like do you have to go home and like sometimes you do like the dorms close and you have nowhere to stay but like can you go to a friend's holiday thing I if I were you I mean I would do a combination of trying to see my family as little as possible and um and also being around people who love me and accept me and take care of me you said in the email you said that you have pretty good relationships with your family and then you went on to catalog all these horrific things they say about you and some of them about, are about your views and your values and some of them are about you as a person and it it sounds monstrous. Mm-hmm. I mean like you, this is not a safe space. Like this is not going home and like you have like one uncle who like says, you know, things that you don't agree with politically. This is like many people making it not a safe space for you so um i would like definitely examine the disconnect that you may have about like having good relationships with your family or thinking you do even though they treat you this way and i do think that like i know we're always like go to therapy but i do think that like one thing that you you learn how to do in therapy is 
um, sort of understand strategies for coping with shit that you like can't really get out of. Like sometimes you can't avoid being triggered because there's someone at your office or there's someone in your family. Like you can't extricate yourself from every situation on earth ever that triggers you. But you can learn how to manage being triggered all the time. And I I think that sometimes when it's on a level like this where it's like your whole family um, and you have this like chronic condition and like you have all this stuff going on, a therapist can really help you like pick that apart and help you figure out how to like manage your time with them. Mm-hmm. They may never change and assume that they won't change. So your only job is to take care of yourself and figure out how to navigate being around them and not mm-hmm. being as anxious as you are. You're going to get triggered. It's going to happen, you mm-hmm. know. But um, the more you can start to come up with tools to help deal with your anxiety around them. Again, if they change their minds about things, fantastic. Mm-hmm. I don't think they will, but whatever. Your job is to just make sure that you're going to be okay in any situation. And it fucking sucks. They're your family. I'm sure they love you in their own way. But definitely try to avoid spending time with them if you can. And when you have to, try to find the tools that that you can use. Pretend you're a superhero. I'd like to do that. Yeah. I'd like to pretend I'm Jessica Jones and I'm just like, no one knows my secret that I can fly. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. It's like a secret identity thing. Is it healthy? I have no idea. But if it gets you through (laughs) it, it helps. Yeah. I mean, I think also like someone recently was like telling me about a relationship that they have, an ongoing relationship they have to deal with with someone in their life. And they were like, you know, like I can't, like the, I can't change what they say and what they do. The only thing I can really manage is like how I deal with it when they say it and I mean I know that again is like a kind of generic like thought but actually when this person said that to me I was like that's actually amazing that's like sort of a revolutionary way to like reframe it like you're never going to be able to get someone who says something as awful as you're going to hell or that you don't really have this condition you're just lazy to re to reframe that and be like okay like it's okay that that was said let me just figure out like how to like digest and metabolize that without it um becoming toxic in me you know Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah yeah and that's the thing is again you know you shouldn't have to deal with this crap nobody should but if you are forced to please try to find a way in which you can survive until you go to grad school I was just reading your letter as well and it's like you know there's an out you know and um also in general home for the holidays bullshit you don't have to go home for the holidays uh if you have to yes we got this but think of it this way maybe next year just know that in the back of your head you can be like you know what maybe I don't want to do this I inter- it's very empowering to think about that. Yeah, I I interviewed a therapist for this article that I talked about. I remember, I think a couple yeah. Of, and and one of the things she said was that um, if you cr- chronically leave your family after seeing them feeling worse about yourself than you started, that then when you arrive, that's a really good sign. You you are a candidate for just stopping going home to see your family for certain things. Like, and if that means that like. You know, because with the holidays, it's not usually like you hang out with them for like three hours. It's Mm -hmm. usually like several days. Like, don't do that. Like, just take that off the fucking menu as a thing you have to do. Yeah. And unfortunately, sometimes family are just a bunch of assholes we happen to share DNA with. And they, they don't. I mean, I know it's like sad and everything, but like they don't need to really know you. You can be known by other people who aren't jerks. Yeah. Yeah. Boom. So. Um, all right, so here's here's a. I guess we should just wrap this up. Any, I think, yeah. any last minute holiday things you want to say? Oh man, um, use uh, struggle pod buds four twenty. Um, yes, the hashtag on Twitter. the hashtag on Twitter. If you're you know 
home and dealing with holiday stress. Yeah, and we want to hear from you. Yeah, you can talk about it, vent about it, or just like check in. Um, I don't know. The holidays are rough. Self care. Take time for yourself. Yeah. And do like what I did in Star Wars when I was like, oh, no, this is not going to work. Try to find a way where it might be fun for you. Mm -hmm. And then it might not be as bad as you think it is. Mm -hmm. And if it is, then just get the fuck out of Dodge. Yeah, get the fuck out of Dodge. And also just be like, I just have to get through the next 10 seconds. And just do that every 10 seconds. Yeah, Like that is the thing. That's on Kimmy Schmidt, right? I don't know. I haven't seen that. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's the thing. She's like, if you can get through the next 10 seconds, you'll get through the next 10 seconds. Yeah. I I think it's a common saying, though. I I like inadvertently stole that. Yeah. No, you didn't. Okay. I think you came up with it first. (laughs) Um, So listen, please, please. We will be off next week because of the holidays and we're going to be out of town, but we will be back weekly. Technically, this is our second consecutive weekly show. So I think we're batting a thousand. We really are. (laughs) So please tweet at us at strugglebuspod. We love hearing from you, especially animal photos. I don't know if you guys understand how much I love those. Yeah, they're amazing. It really helps me. Uh, you can email us at strugglebuspodcast at gmail.com. Use the has- hashtag strugglepodbuds420 to send us animal photos and survival during the holidays. Definitely check the hashtag on Christmas mm-hmm. because you're going to, it's great. Or uh, tweet at Sally T or at SPK Heller. If you are a privileged white man with an opinion, do not tweet at me as Please uh, don't. <laughs> learned this Please week. delete your Twitter account. Please delete it immediately. Burn it to the ground. Throw your laptop into the trash. Thank you. And uh, just step away into the corner. Okay. Uh, Sally chose a song of the week. I've got a little bit of an issue with you. Uh Uh-oh. I thought, after last week, I fucking won. I know. I nailed it. That's why I had to do this. Oh, man. You love Perpetuum Jazzles Africa. (laughs) I love it. Everyone's tweeting at me like, best song yet. And then Sally's got to fucking do this to me. (laughs) Sally. So so here's what happened. God damn it. You brought the ruckus (sighs) last week. And it was so amazing and perfect and wonderful that I was like, now I really have to step up my game. So I was like, so the, I was thinking of other covers that are awesome. So I was like thinking, what could I do? And then it occurred to me, there's this song called Devil Town, which um, I think it was originally by Daniel Johnston, but there have been a lot of people who have covered it. Um, the, the song this week is the Tony Luca cover of the song Devil Town. And you may be familiar with it if you watch Friday Night Lights. It's in the pilot episode. It's in the pilot and the episode. closing episode. Oh, is it? <gasps> yes, it is. They it's, brought it back. It's an amazing amazing song and I think I would be much cooler if I was I think if I recommended like I think like Bright Eyes or like Beck or someone covered it which I'm sure would be like way cooler but um, there's something so beautiful and haunting and sad about this song and it also makes me think of um, just like hiding people in your timeline and like being aware of people who are around you who are like emotional vampires and stuff like that Um, so I feel like it's a little bit in, in the theme of what I was talking about earlier but it's also just fucking beautiful song and also stop what you're doing after this and watch the pilot of friday night lights if you've what, not are yet. You what are you not doing not watching right friday night lights you need Turn to watch this a- fucking podcast off and yeah. watch the pilot probably don't watch it after season three season two is when it got weird that's true actually just watch season one and pretend it, it ended exactly was it good after that? i think it- <clears throat> yeah it was it was okay there were problems there's definitely some we've talked about that okay before, right, but, it, whatever the point is <laughs> uh the pilot episode is spectacular um, watch yeah. that immediately and, definitely and well, good think, luck with the holidays guys uh, congratulations you won this week Sally you won yes. wait till next time we're dear. really upping the ante alright well thank you so much for listening I'm Kate I'm Sally bye bye I was living in a devil town I didn't know it was a devil town oh lord it really brings me down about the devil town All my friends were vampires 
Living in a devil town, a day.